Hey, podcast listener, Chris from the future here. I'm just jumping in here up top. It's about two weeks after the uh, episode you're about to hear, which we recorded live to test out a new format for the podcast. So some of that information is not actually correct anymore, especially the part where we said that we were going to be doing a new live episode every two weeks uh that may end up being the case i just wanted to drop this here to let you guys know that we're still intending to get back onto that schedule just over the holiday period here we've both run into some scheduling issues in our personal lives and that may not be as regular as we would have liked it's kind of hard to restart something when we can't commit the time to it because i'm moving Jaden's got some stuff going on. Uh, when we can get back onto the regular, we will definitely make a bigger deal out of it. In the meantime, I have prepared the Discord server, and because I expect to have some downtime over the holidays, I might just be going into the Discord server and I'll have a schedule if I do this. So if you sort of want a more interactive experience, I'm thinking I'm going to reboot the one-hour do-something idea. And... Uh, see if I can either a few times a week, probably end up being once a week, hang out in there. Anybody who wants to come along, join the server, get the community going, do some collaborative learning. I'm going to be doing that. Also, uh, as you'll hear at the end of the live recording that follows this, we lost the license for the music that we normally play at the top of the podcast. So in the meantime, it's going to be whatever random creative commons music i can find at the last moment uh so who knows what that's going to be i'm sure it will be fine Fuck it, we'll do it live. All right, hello, welcome to GetGood.CG podcast. Uh, we are trying out doing things live for once. So I don't actually know if this is live. This is mostly a test. We're looking to get back into uh, into podcasting again more regularly. Uh, not sure what actual day we'll be You're uploading be, these. Uh, typing the whole time. No, no. And this is Chris. Chris can do the intro while I quickly look something up. Hey, gang. Well, there's this thing called pod fade, and it's a phenomenon that happens where you get about six months into a podcast and you're sort of riding high on the endorphins of making a podcast up until that point, and then you stop. And the thing about pod fade is that everybody who goes through it, they can't really articulate why it happens, but it just gets more sporadic and less enjoyable. And you may have noticed that over the last little while, <laughs> we have not been as regular with updating the podcast as we could have been or that we promised. Yes, we That's have been we somewhat AFK. Pod fade. Yeah, we've... See, when we stopped the regular podcast, what we really were trying to do 
was broaden out the type of media we were presenting um, and we wanted to add video and we wanted to just sort of engage a bit more at multiple levels. But what we found is that by breaking that habit, we really didn't have any structures in place to replace it with anything. And also video is hard. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like really hard. I yeah. just... We've... Spe- yeah, look, we've been... Go ahead. We, we, we decided to take... How long were we going to take off? We were going to take a fortnight off and then we were going to go fortnightly on the podcast. And then within that time, we were supposed to be presenting some other stuff that we talked about, which honestly didn't happen so hard that I can't remember what half of it was. Yeah, look, I don't don't even know how long it's been. So when when was our... So I'm looking at our page now and we... It was episode 18 episode and it was um yeah it was a month ago uh so hang on what was the it was the 18th of october i think we took a full month off yeah it was the 18th of october then we so had some it's been probably more like a month and a half um although we did get get um jane gets railed by 12 year olds while listening to chris um so there's that <laughs> uh <laughs> we also did um baby's baby's first wow but we didn't end up uploading that because you recorded it and 4k 60 fps and my little macbook couldn't handle it <laughs> we might eventually send that up as like bonus content or something <laughs> yeah honestly um it, it, 4K it was probably, 60 fps wow gameplay it was probably shit, talk, shit talking chris pratt uh, it was honestly it was honestly pretty dog crap uh not gonna lie um but the thing is that there's content now that's missing and it's going to be like legendary. If we keep doing this now, there's going to be the missing episode. The miss, the, the, the fabled gg.gg, yeah. which is get good. Dot, what is it? Gaming? Gaming? Yeah, know, we were doing um, gg.goodgame. Yeah. I don't know. I don't um, know. Which I, th- I think we only started doing because I liked the pun on the title. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I, I like but it too. But that being like said... GG.gg. That being said, like gg.ez, <laughs> I do want to keep doing that occasionally. GG, so I think that, yeah. So what was the game that you were just telling me about off pod that you were going to get me oh, to play? Oh, um, we were talking about, you know, childhood obsessions and yours was WoW and you forced me to play WoW with you. I so apologize. mine was actually MechWarrior and Battletech. And so... I was going to force you to play through all of the most recent incarnations of that. There's uh, Battletech, the tactics one, which we might avoid because it's a it's a you know turn based tactics game, and even though that is my jam, I do not think you'll enjoy it. Uh, but there's this there's Living Legends, which is a mod for the original Crisis engine, the Crytek engine. Um, it's like this this fan made mod based in the original Crisis engine, and it's still played today but they've completely reskinned it to be a mech warrior game sounds all right uh, then there's also um solaris 7 which is the online one yeah and i haven't played any of these like the free those two are free to play and then there's mech warrior 5 which is the most recent one which has multiplayer which you would have to make a purchase but it's actually half the purchase you expected me to make for wow so we'll have to talk <laughs> about that uh, oh monetary <laughs> investments Mm, look, I'm not. I'm not down. For I don't doing know if this that. podcast's uh, worth it. Yeah, no. <laughs> uh, although but I do, I'm going to force Jaden to play through some. Go on. 
Yeah. Eventually, maybe if there's actually some value prop, and we'll just see what happens with Bobby Kotick, because at the moment, I really don't want to give WoW any money. Yeah, uh, look, it's, um, yeah, that guy, he's a, he's, a, he's a lovely man, isn't he? Just like a real superstar, you can feel the warmth <laughs> and caring for his fellow man and woman radiating off him. Yeah, like, yeah, it's in radiation. the eyes, the eyes really, uh dead and cold like somebody from that ice thing expansion in wow um <laughs> he is the lich king. that was iron throne what yeah i don't know I that don't guy know. yeah he's the lich king um or an alien haven't decided yet i have to see him next to mark zuckerberg i'm pretty to i was gonna comparison. say i'm pretty sure he's the same species as zuckerberg he's got the same look in his eyes so he's part of the lizard illuminati overlords yeah. let's not get into conspiracy theories I, I i feel youtube frowns on that sort of thing <laughs> yeah probably hello not. also spotify we realize we realized recently that we do have some shadow listeners on spotify yes yes um so right as we were about to start this recording we had a lovely lovely message from or comment um from uh what was the one who yonders uh we're gonna have yeah oh oh we're i'm not going to read it out because i feel like that's the sort of thing that you sort of have to ask someone's permission Mm -hmm. before you just sort of broadcast but the the general vibe was that they enjoy how we sort of were showing up and presenting the more ugly underbelly of what you do when you don't fit into that cast of the you know the graduate 3d artist the graduate cg artist coming out of school and getting like an internship or or an entry-level position when you feel like you've been struggling through and not making any distance and you feel kind of abandoned by this narrative of what the industry is supposed to look like Mm -hmm. and that's that's very much what we wanted to come across through what we were talking about and like the, the tools and what we were trying and bringing and failing and not necessarily always having progress. He was saying that this um, social media mentality of always having a big W to bring is kind of exhausting. And it, it's kind of funny because when we, when we sort of mothballed the podcast in the first place, we did it because we felt like we couldn't bring those W's every week. We were sort of showing up and being like, so what happened? And we're like, well, I changed what I was doing because what I suggested last time didn't work. <laughs> yeah. So um, look, please listen to that previous podcast, but uh, don't take anything from it seriously because nothing worked out. And it, it felt a little bit, um, it, it's it's not hypocritical. It's just like, it feels a bit sporadic and a bit too much like, Here's two guys with like undiagnosed ADHD just <laughs> randomly doing a bunch of crap and telling you to do it as well, and then me a culpering when it doesn't work. And then a week later um, saying, oh, no, 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 don't listen to it. Don't, uh, listen to it, but don't listen to it. So it turns out there's a, there's a grain of wisdom. And the thing is, though, that that's actually what I've come to realize is that that's valuable because yeah. it is an experimental process. It's trying and failing. That's almost the hero's journey. You know, it's like try, fail, try, fail, try, fail, eventually succeed. That's the us. Thing was we are the heroes. I think... <laughs> like Bobby Kotick. Um, <laughs> the thing we were trying to do was bring that eventual win to the podcast when what we really should have been doing is putting that to the side and just explaining the L's every time 
Yeah. And I think that's what we're going to attempt to do this time, which is why we've gone live. There will be an audio version of this podcast, if I can get my arson gear um, up on the audio channels. But we're going live on YouTube. We will sort out later a recurring time it might be this time it might be another time i'm moving at the end of the year so we'll have to see yeah look we thought we might try out some uh you know live content and you know if anyone wants to in the future you know have some live interaction with us while we're doing these pods then um you know keep an eye out there are ways to do that yeah Um, yeah because we can either get you into our discord server and then use the podcasting feature there or we could do something on i don't know mumble or something like clubhouse or did whatever we just, did, everybody's got that did we just leak that we have a podcast uh, a discord for this podcast well i've been like seeding that since literally episode one <laughs> yeah well uh, so i don't know if you've noticed but uh yes we do it's there i set it up it's kind of ready to go i ha- the only thing i haven't done is write the community rules so if you get in early you can probably just shit talk as much as you want because i haven't told you not to yet <laughs> Um, and then Chris will eventually come down with you the hammer of wrath and break your skulls. I am the ban hammer. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, but look, it's it's, uh, it's not actually li- it's not actually live yet. Um, because I'm waiting for literally any expression of interest before I start pushing that because I don't really want to have to see that as somewhere to moderate. Well. Um, Maybe. If if it's not going to be valuable to anybody, but I think it would be a nice platform to make this live content, yeah, I mean, maybe, more accessible to people. Maybe we could leave. We'll think about it, and we might start leaving links in descriptions to our Discord. Um, but if you want to join our Discord, please, if you want us to open it up, then please leave you know a comment and just let us know if that's something you'd be interested in. So you have yeah. a bit more interaction with us. See, the thing is, I use Discord a lot at the moment at least I, I used to have a quite a bit of trouble with it but i've realized that that's a lot of the time that's where the conversation is happening and i do enjoy those curated spaces i'm a little bit leery to open it up completely so i think it would be more of like a collection of individuals express expressing interest if that were to be a thing because mm. what i don't really like is those discord servers where it's all like oh yeah you know we're creators that you enjoy. Come and join our Discord, and then they're never in their own Discord, and it's just a bunch of people like screaming into the void, being like, "Somebody help me!" Yeah, I'm not gonna lie. The, the Discord servers that where the creator is actually in there, those are really good. Um, but then they feel up really. Yeah, good and, and it's like, okay, this kind of sucks now. Um, and that's usually because it's like, hey, we've got a podcast. Come join our Discord. There's a link in the description. And then everybody who listens to the podcast joins it casually and then just leaves it sitting there. So it looks like you have 3,000 members, but what you actually have is three members actively interacting and a bunch of people who just come there when they need help with something. Yeah, yeah. Um, so, so, I don't know. Potatoes... I, I'm just aware that every everybody's got like a million Discord servers at the moment and I don't want to just be another one. I want it to actually bring value to people. And if that's better served through another method, I'm open to that. Yeah, and look, well, yeah, that's, that will be something that we'll, you know, think about further. But if you really do want to get that, then just leave a comment. So, uh, so taking inspiration from that comment that we got, because it really kind of... We're not saying that, like, it's because of this comment or anything. It's, it just sort of clarified for us what we'd sort of been trying to do and what 
kind of I feel bad about because I feel like I dro- we dropped the ball collectively on that a little bit because what we were bringing value for was that sort of quiet, you know, slow build and just being a light in the darkness sort of thing. Just being like, yeah, other people are going through this. Yeah, this can be a problem. And just being that point of contact, I think. And my unstated mission in life is to sort of decrease world anxiety because anxiety sucks. And so if this is helping anybody with the, will I ever be in the industry? What can I do? I think that's actually quite a valuable direction to travel in. Don't know how we're going to achieve that yet, but I think that's a good millstone to rest the sort of the idea of the podcast against again against sorry so it's it's get good just not necessarily get good at the speed of light you know (laughs) yeah it's we are all thinking you know we're going to get there at the speed of light and the reality is that it is very painfully slow so you know it's well the thing that the thing that also um, I've been thinking about, we'll get into the we'll get into later the lack of movement on this particular project. But as I was setting up to do some of the stuff on my personal YouTube channel, the thing that I realized that I wanted to do over there was create like collaborative learning, like somewhere where you feel like rather than you're the instructor and there are a bunch of students, or you know you're trying to learn from somebody. Is that you? Hmm? <laughs> oh, yeah, the cough is just... Yeah, sirens, cool. yeah. Yeah. Okay, yep. Just uh, hide all that stuff I gave you under the bed. <laughs> so very disposed of it. Well, I mean, it's got like a little flash powder in there, so if you just pull the pull ring. Anyway, um... <laughs> what was I talking about? I, I don't know, man. Uh, oh yes no collaborative learning i think that's what is missing and i think that's where a lot of us are going to see the most benefit from this muddy middle sort of perspective if we start seeing it less as here's what i tried and then learning from it it's here's what i'm doing just be around let's see what happens Um, yeah because i feel like having people to just throw stuff to and just get immediate feedback is where it's at Mm. and i feel like you need two things in that regard you need collaborators not in like hey do you want to do a project with me you do all the code i'll do all the art it'll be great um (laughs) you, you need collaborators in that there's people sort of moving roughly in the same direction as you yeah who aren't too far above or too far below that they don't feel like there's benefit in interacting with you because they're just at a different stage then you also need mentors and you need to make that that mental separation because a mentor is somebody who is sharing their skills time and effort with you a collaborator is somebody who doesn't necessarily have anything for you but can give you perspective yeah and honestly perspective can come from a lot of different people even if they're um you know, they're a creative person, but they're outside of CG. So, you know, my girlfriend is, you know, she's pretty creative and she does a lot of drawing, but not really CG kind of stuff. You know, she'll sort of paint mm. in this cheap Photoshop ripoff, but that's about it. Is that and, like Medibang? Oh, I have no idea what it is. Um, paint a tool, sigh. But yeah, I, <laughs> I, 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 just, guy. <laughs> I give her, um, you know, I'll, I'll show her what I'm doing and you know, vice versa. And she'll give me some feedback and, you know, say what sucks about it or what's good about it or how to improve. And 
you know, it's really good just to have someone where they're not really, you know, way above you or way below you or whatever it is, but, you know, they can still just give you a bit of perspective, a bit of outside view. Because sometimes it's hard they, to get that ki- yourself. And if someone is, you know, they're on the same journey as you, as you to do 3D stuff, then that's that's all the better. Mm. They, they're constrained by different anxieties. Yeah. As in, like, they don't have the same restrictions on them that you have and therefore can see it from a bit of a fresher perspective. It's kind of like the brain anatomy equivalent of flipping your canvas vertically <laughs> to sort of see if everything's balanced. Yeah, yeah. I, I'm not gonna lie. I do not do. I do not flip the canvas in Photoshop as enough as as, as anywhere near as I should. But I also don't ask for enough feedback online as much as I should as well. So, well, we're we're wandering sideways towards the topic of today, which is getting mentors and getting feedback. But we'll just pop that one on the shelf while we finish this particular rant. Um, you really should put it on a single key that's unmodified. That you just hit and then hit it to flip it back, so you can just like flip to flip it to flip flip. Look, I know I've thought about that, and Actually, every single time I've thought about that, I was like, "I'll do that." Doesn't. And then you don't. Yeah, yeah. and then I don't. The, there's a tool in Linux um, that's called Way. There's a desktop environment. Called let me Wayfire, let me just let me just stop you there and say you lost me at Linux. <laughs> there'll be one person man there'll be one person and i i i see you and we are brothers um (laughs) there's a tool in linux that lets you rotate the canvas freely in the wayfire desktop which means that you can just i think it's like you hold alt and another modifier and you just spin it around like it's the rotate tool in photoshop that's the win the actual window of your program oh right that's pretty cool yeah and it can like sit diagonally and then the mouse just interacts with it normally um, I, I wish I had that on every operating system because the ability to just sort of scatter stuff literally on your desktop like I do paper on my drawing board just feels more creative like if you just want it to be at an angle you don't have to worry about like the hotkey for rotating, rotating the canvas or whatever you just literally turn the window rotate the it's entire like turning program your monitor. yeah yeah right yeah all right. But I, w- I wish I had that other places. Wayfire is also the one that where like whenever you open a window, it like burns into existence, like you're summoning it from hell. So maybe take it with a grain of salt. <laughs> All right. Enough talk about um, Linux now and rotating programs. Let's move on to the actual uh, pod topic for today. Uh, I'm pretty sure that's what they're here for, man. I'm pretty, pretty really sure that's what they're here for. Random and obscure specific plugins. It, we, we started out saying that it was going to be... There's a there's a there's a version of Garuda Linux that comes with it inbuilt by default. Maybe have a look. Anyway, the All right. Why is Linux such a buzzword for you? It's like I I mentioned Linux and you're just like shut down. Tripping. Do, 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 do. Linux. No, I don't know. I, anyway. Look, I like my Windows and that's that. Now, it's just like I can't uh, it's the, just one of those things I where use... it's like I can't be fucked to do it. Linux is one of those things where it's like I can't be fucked with that. I, I just want to get good at Well, here's art. a hot tip. It, if you want to work in a VFX studio, all VFX studios run on Linux. Good thing I uh, do so not want to So being run. at least... Just saying, just saying, and it will affect some of the people in our, in our audience. You do need to have a passing familiarity with at least maybe like the KDE desktop environment. 
okay. because they will use it. Well, I did use Linux, um, I think Ubuntu or whatever it was called back in about 2010, 2011. Um, when I tried to make that my main operating system for some obscure reason other than just cause. Every... I think it happens to all people at some point. They're sitting there looking at their computer and then like a neuron fires and it just goes, Ubuntu! <laughs> <laughs> and the, the, the funniest thing was I installed it on the computer that my mum also used and I made it the main operating system. Oh, did system. you try and... And so oh, my mum, this boomer that <laughs> that just doesn't know computers at all, is sitting there trying to use Linux. And I'm like, maybe this was a bad idea. I, I can't remember if it was like a tweet or something, or if it was just like a thing going around the internet before social media, but I just remember in the far distant past, this really funny meme going around that was like, parents, talk to your kids about Linux before somebody else does. Never. Linux, not even once. Uh, like honest honestly, like I could I could main Arch as my operating system if I didn't have to use any Autodesk or specific other software because I'm just comfortable in the environment. I get why other people don't like it. I would like maybe to break this discussion out to a different podcast, maybe talking about like operating systems and tools. Yes. Yes. But let's do I, that. We'll... I think there's, I think there's more there and I think we can keep moving because the, the main objective that we came into this podcast with was talking about getting mentors and we were going to make it pretty much just like get mentors. Cause that's sort of the answer. Should I have a mentor? The answer is yes. And then there's some nuance below that and i think we talked about this a little bit on the last podcast talking about how to keep moving we were talking about sort of collecting people's advice as a mentor like using the internet to have people to look up to yeah yeah we but not even mentors just people to literally guide you you know i want to also walk that back a little bit i want to say actually getting one person paying yeah. them for their time to be there and look at your work, that is the highest leverage thing you can do. Yeah, and this is something like, that... There's a lot of workarounds. There's a lot of like, I get it, you're in a situation where you can't do that. And that's when you start using things like figuring out everything Benjamin Franklin said, removing the slave ownership and biases, and then applying it to your life. But if you can, you should be in a position of mentorship. Like that's almost part of the industry at this point is not breaking in it's sort of just like slowly transitioning sideways as you know people and as people see promise in you yeah yeah and honestly like we've done i don't know if i'd call what i did mentorship was more of class but it was kind of it was some somewhat mentoring but mentoring i found Do you mean the the cgma yeah course. the cgma class that i did um, and from what I found from that and the, from what you found with your mini class slash mentorship that you're doing at the moment is that we have both leveled up like a bajillion times over in terms of what we've done and like, and, and help us focus the things that we want to do for our careers in CG. Um, and it's exponential. It really is. Yeah. Cause like, for instance, I've bought in the past the character, the C CG character workshop, I think it's called, from Shane Olsen for ZBrush characters. 
it's about a thousand dollars for a seat. He's just released 2.0. This is not a sponsor or advertisement, but he has just released 2.0, and it's very valuable. And I return there because there's a cool community. It's behind a paywall, so everybody there is there for the same reason. Um, but I don't feel as driven to move through the course as I do when I have to show up every week and present my work. Yes. And it's hard to create that schedule for yourself. Like, I feel like that is better than YouTube tutorials. Um, the commenter we were mentioning before said that he was also fed up with YouTube tutorials. Cause the thing is that the algorithm rewards accessibility so what you're trying to do is create something that appeals to as many people as possible which is always going to be rigging for beginners said by somebody who sounds more like you not now that you know how to rig here's why we rig yeah baby baby's first um you know rig or baby's first donut or whatever it is uh and like look i've been there i've done baby's first donut. i I, I just wanted to finish Actually, I think he's. I think um, Mr. Price is releasing a new donut tutorial soon, so stay tuned for. I'll probably do. A, I'll probably do a breakdown of that um, in a completely serious way. That's our uh, price check mark for this particular podcast. Ding. Anyway, I wanted to push it out into those three steps and see what you think. There's the free YouTube tutorial. Actually, no, I'm going to make it four steps. There's the there's the one. At level one, there's free YouTube tutorial or sort of blog stuff. Then after that, there is small paid specific tutorials about sort of like, you probably could have figured this out, but it's information that's going to save you a bit of time. Yeah. Then there's the stuff like 3D Character Workshop, which is like a closed community where you do have some interaction with the instructor and feedback, but no specific deadlines or accountability then you have actual i'll put small classes and mentorship in the same class but i think they're like you know two different versions of that not necessarily superior but helpful at the same level which is very uh and that's like that's that's an adequate sort of thing that's like that's the place that you ultimately want to aim at and so i think you, you you mentioned that there was this tweet that was going out. I haven't seen it yet. Um, I, I looked at the amount of the length of it and thinking, Jesus Christ, that's long, and then promptly did not read it. Um, but you mentioned you mentioned it was generally about people getting into CG where it's like it's just so difficult and so many people just drown and die in the muddy middle where they either, you know, do their first donut or they'll go to some class, they'll, they'll go to a, you know, an actual physical school and they'll go there, they'll graduate and they'll go give job. And then Need employers are promptly Was just promised like, job. left you on scene um, or the school yeah. leaves you on scene or whatever it is. And then people go, oh no, this isn't what I expected. And then they kind of just eventually transition off into, I don't know, a random IT job or whatever it is. Um, well, you all work at like, you know, an art school or Repco or something. The whatever thing is that that particular tweet, if you do the Twitter thing, it's been making rounds and it doesn't actually start that spicy. It's just him saying, let's have an open, honest chat about the level your art needs. I should say this is at JLH Game Art, Joe Hobbs. Um, can you repeat that? You're breaking up a little bit. 
Okay, it's probably going to be fine on the recording. Uh, Joe Hobbs at JLH Game Art. Yeah. Let's have an open and honest chat about the level your art needs to be to get your first job as a 3D artist in the video game industry. First thing you need to know, you need to be able to do the job. Studios are not schools. You need to already have a good understanding of dot dot dot. Clean modeling techniques, optimal UV layouts, texel density, level of detail, material IDs, accurate materials. I say this because there are an alarming amount of graduates that won't understand why they aren't getting a job straight out of university. And the simple answer is, you aren't ready yet. And he goes on, um, he, he sort of like a bit of like an essay and tweet thread form. So if you do the Twitter thing, we'll drop a, we'll drop a link to this in the description. Um, and pretty much what he's saying is like, you know what happens? Like they, they come out with their big hot take and then people start interacting with it. And then their replies to their replies are like subtweeting whoever's come at them. Like, well, what you don't understand is, um, <laughs> yeah. But it's actually pretty healthy, but I'll, the thing is that a lot of the replies are people coming in and being like, you say what, bro? A lot of <laughs> like people, people that uh, are actually liter- literally surprised. Like, that sounds like a lot of work just to get a job. And pretty much the indus- like all the people from the industry and this guy himself come back and they say, yes, that's what I'm saying. And there's a lot of people that have maybe been like, putting CG artist on their profile or something who are only now realizing how far they are from the Apple. And I don't know if they're giving up or not, but they're getting very depressed because they're looking at what they need to already know before they get one of these jobs. And the thing is, we're not talking about Disney Pixar DreamWorks. We're talking about, you know, the VFX shop in the city you're in. Yeah, literally anything, like any sort of CG job. It's like, if you know how to run half of a combine harvester, you're not going to get a job driving a combine harvester. And that's what he's saying. There's like this expectation that you can learn some of it or you can be aware of it and have never done it. But then also think you can get a job. And so what struck me about it was that a lot of people were coming in being like, well, then I'll just give up then because that's impossible. Um, <laughs> And, and honestly, it's not impossible. Those... It's just... It's just unfair. Like the, the the point I just wanted to quickly say there is that the point so that everyone gets a good idea of Joe Hobbs's sort of like what he's saying is, yes, it's unfair. That shouldn't be the case. There should be more mentorships. There should be more people in the industry turning around and helping people. There should be more people with an expectation that's realistic. And there should be a way for people to make money in the meantime in order to get to that level. Hmm. But there isn't here's how here's how it is and here here's the best way you can go about doing this it's a real harsh reality check that people need to hear well and they don't like hearing it like it it was very and i can imagine i'm looking at it now it's it's pretty sanitized now i imagine that twitter's doing its algorithm thing Mm. um i can i can imagine a lot of people that do bottom out that they'll graduate and they'll just not go and do anything they they realize that how much work it takes or, you know, they'll realize it's more work than they are capable or willing to put in. And they'll eventually just sort of taper off into obscure sort of nothingness. And I think that that sort of tweet is something that's really good to make sure that those people 
are aware of that before they make any sort of time investment into going make into, it yeah making you know well just just to cut you off there i don't think that's my take i think I don't think it's good to say I think some people taper off or I think some people just sort of wander off into the distance. What I think is that some people don't make a full decision. I don't think they say, I'm going for this or I'm not going for this. I think they say, I'm going for somewhere here, mm, yeah. you know, close close eyes, point on map, and just start sort of wandering in that direction. Mm-hmm. Whereas you, it's sort of like there aren't enough jobs for you to wander at that speed because there's an express train coming past you you know like you're gonna get there and the job will be gone and then because there's so many different disciplines you're then gonna have to start heading in a different direction if you keep moving at that speed that will be gone too yeah and and i yeah now that you mentioned that i i'm thinking back to some of the people that we had seen at our previous school that we went to where a lot Mm -hmm. of a lot of people kind of just wandered through the door and was just like I like games. Uh, I like games. <laughs> yeah, I, I watch movies. And like, you know, that that's a good motivation to sort of go in that direction. But yeah, like you said, a lot of those people, they kind of just wander in and they wander in this sort of direction. And, the, you know, they, they haven't really had that harsh reality check of like, chop, chop, mate. Like you've got to... Well, specifically in that case, they were using it as a replacement for university. So a lot of those were just kids and the lost souls of you know hopelessness so they like there were sort of like two camps that weren't the that were the people doing the wandering there was like the 18 year olds who didn't honestly know what they were doing and i'm sorry if you're 18 but you do not <laughs> just accept it um don't take any crap from people from me who are telling you you do not but understand it for yourself and then you'll have a better time of it um but you don't know anything at that age and you're not going to know anything at that age. You can try to know more, but you just have to make a bunch of mistakes. They're fine. Like, I don't care about the 18 year olds. The ones that I care about are like the 32 year olds who have come back. It's like the third time taking the course. And they think that somehow by banging their head on the same brick wall, they're somehow going to break through to the job that moved 11 years ago. The, the, this is what I'm saying. I, I want to make a really harsh distinction between people who sort of didn't want it enough and need to quit because i don't think that that's the majority of people we're talking to and the people who actually want to make it a thing don't know how haven't adjusted their expectations properly and haven't been able to get to a place where because those expectations are miscalibrated they actually know enough about the direction they're moving in to put the effort behind it and see the results and that's how you end up in the muddy middle because you don't know what direction to be traveling. Your enthusiasm keeps you in the space, but then you don't know where to apply it. And so you end up very scattered and then you end up taking on very disparate sort of jigsaw puzzle. Like it's it's the difference between it's the difference between a jigsaw puzzle and a Lego model. Mm. Like everyone's trying to make a Lego model, but if it's a jigsaw puzzle, there are pieces that go where they go. And the industry is a jigsaw puzzle. You actually need to know some of these things. It's not just like whatever your creative spirit wants it to be. It's sometimes you just got to put butt in seat and do it. And the problem that this tweet is bringing up, a lot of the time people don't know what it is. They're not being told. They're not being taught by university. They're not... The, the information isn't available. And to go back to our commenter's point, 
the YouTube tutorials sort of bottom out at a certain point. It's the same thing over and over again. It's like, I don't need to know how to make a Ferrari go across the screen if I've already learned how to make a Mazda go across the screen. Like, and a lot of, I don't need that. And a lot of the stuff on there, so much of it is just really technical stuff or some of it's just, it just wouldn't be used in the industry. And you just, and it's like cool if it's a hobby thing that you want to do and that's that's all right. But there's so much stuff on there. It's just like, this is the thing I, I the reason I would encourage people to come and have a look at this thread is because there are some good free resources in there that actually tell you what you need to know and so have a scroll through the comments to that because he he does then call out for examples of good instruction because there's been a there's been a real push on Twitter at the moment for like collecting information that people actually need to know and cutting through all that noise mm. but to your point it is very technical but the thing is, a lot of the time, for instance, anything super technical in Blender is using a sledgehammer for a bobby pin problem because you've already chosen Blender. So that's a choice. I know you love Blender, but if you want to be in the industry, you should be able to use Blender for your personal projects, but also know the industry standard. Screams this is what I'm getting at. Blender screaming. Screaming in Blender. <laughs> No, and Blender can I don't teach want to you, give you any money. <laughs> Blender can teach you good things. You can get in there, you can do your UVs, you can figure out what a model actually is. But once you're past that I know what CG art is point, it becomes workflow and speed. So if you if you want to make stuff, Blender is hundred percent good to go. If you want to get a job, I'm really coming around to the fact that in five years maybe that blender knowledge is worthwhile but if you want to have a job between now and then you also need to learn something else and that's gone very blender specific but i want to use that as an example because that's the one a lot of young people get caught up on and not necessarily young people but people young in their career because it's free and then they start to talk to other people using blender and there's like they're really strong like i am a free software advocate i love open source software i use linux the, the point is that once you get into that environment, it's like, it is unfair that I have to pay this much money for something like that. And because it's unfair and I have this alternative, I won't do it. That sounds like logic. That sounds like I am making a good decision. And you are. But if you then also want to interact with an industry that doesn't agree, you have to compromise that. Yeah, look, I've I've floated the idea many times since we've, you know, privately, uh, since we've started this podcast and even, you know, since mm. before then, of learning Maya. Um, I definitely have not considered Max, but... Like, I I've really got... wouldn't learn Max now, like, because I don't think anybody's learning Max now. I think there are still jobs for Max because there are a bunch of studios whose pipelines are so integrated with Max. Yeah. But I really just, I can't advocate for it. Yeah. And honestly, like, I, I know that I should learn Maya. I should, well, I, I do know a little bit of Maya. I do need to diversify my skill set a bit more. And that's something I will Here's do. Here's the thing. I, eventually. I will put an asterisk, on, an asterisk on what I just said, which is that for something like hand-painted art, I think the painting tool you use is more important than the modeling tool. Yeah. Like, I think it's probably no problem that you're using Blender because the thing that you should probably be using is 
Adobe Substance, probably, or something. Like, I don't know what the workflow is in the direction you're trying to go, but whatever the industry standard is, is the thing you probably should be using. If that's 3D Code, great. Yeah, but look, what I'm, what I'm action, looking, what I'm... The primary tool you use. Like, for me, it's Maya because I'm an animator. If you're an animator, you learn Maya. Yeah. Like, it's changing. Blender's getting pretty good. But the fact of the matter is we've got 30 years of tools and dependencies layered on top of Maya at this point. Hmm. Well, for me, And that's I'm, not just going to get transferred. For me, I'm, I'm looking at... For, for me, it's much more texture-based. And so when I'm looking at these uh, job openings, if, if they specify a specific software, it will usually be Maya, but a lot of them will say, or equivalent, or they'll say Blender, Maya, Max, or equivalent. And so I think that, the thing is that in terms of what I'm aiming That's why to, I think we're losing the... I'll let you finish, but yeah. that's why I think we're, we're losing the thread a little bit because the tweet actually says it doesn't say learn the software package. It says learn techniques for clean modeling optimal uv layouts textile density yeah that's what you should be learning and you can learn that in blender people can teach software so i want to make a cognitive separation between if you're going to get a job and if people see it as worth employing you because you know the right software packages and you can get up to speed quickly and actually understanding it the problem is that if you're in blender not everybody in blender is actually approaching those problems because things like textile density an LOD only applies to certain workflows. Like, texel density is a very basic concept, but guarantee if you went down to the local college and asked people in the 3D program, so how is your texel density on your model? Probably 50% of them won't know what you're talking about. I don't know, it might have changed, it might be more literate these days, but the point of the matter is you need to know what it is, not how to do it, and the environment you play in gives you the context of what you feel like you need to know. Mm, yeah. people in blender feel like they need to know things about blender yeah look, people in cg art feel like they need to know things about cg art and i just want to make that level of abstraction yeah and for me i'm that's why i haven't bothered with uh say blenders and i've talked about this before but blenders geometry nodes looks really cool but we, it's just <laughs> we like cut some crap for that as well like last time you were talking about not wanting to learn geometry nodes we got a bunch of comments i think it was like on a subreddit or something um and people were just like oh you have to learn nodes guys stop being like ancient layer type people in the past anyway, actually yeah yeah I, I do remember that yeah and and look i i understand that you need to learn nodes and i know i know how to use you know shader nodes and all that sort of stuff um but you know f for geometry nodes at this point it's like look <laughs> it's very blender specific it's not something that's being used in the industry at the moment. Yes, it will be something that might take over at the, in the future. And that's why I'll learn it eventually. But at this point, I'm just trying to get baby's first job. And so, you know, I'm just trying to learn better painting methods, texture workflows, uh, and, you know, all of the specific things that I need to know about in that that you've sort of been talking about. Um, mm. And so here's the thing a lot of it's like well where the hell do i learn this you know a lot of people will they'll look at youtube and you know they'll just be a bunch of really scattered tutorials like this commenter mentioned yeah. and then you've so, so many of them can be next to useless and then you've got to kind of like sticky tape your own workflow together and, you know, as, and as much as like having could... a 
uh, your own workflow is good and customizing your workflow that is good. Sometimes you just need to be given a template and have it shoved in your head by somebody. It's the Linux problem, right? I have Mac machines, I have Windows machines, but that's because I'm a computer file. If I was running, if I was maining Linux on everything and then complaining that I couldn't get a job because I didn't understand how to open a folder on Windows or something, that's my problem, right? Like, I know how to compute. Everything that I could do on Linux is computer stuff. I could find ways to do that. I know how to do that thing. I know the concepts behind it, but I know how to do it in the context of a thing that nobody else uses. And so if all they want is the result, no problem. So for freelance, Blender, fine. Freelance, Linux, fine. Who gives a crap as long as they get what they want out of that at the end of the day? Mm. If what they want is to work with you and to work with you and make it easy on an ongoing basis, you need to adapt to their workflow. And their workflow is not that. Mm. most of the time um it's sort of wandering away from the point a little bit and i think that's exactly what happened to a lot of the people talking on the tweet itself um (laughs) but the the point was that it's the level of things you need to know in cg is more than you need to know to get a job as a financial analyst or like a network guy what are those guys who like monitor network traffic the entry-level position oh no idea man i don't know it's, it's like the it's like you're in it you're either like on the help desk or you're one of the people who just monitors traffic and flag stuff to, to somebody more superior to you there's like a really solid pipeline of you know a little bit about it so you get a job where you need a little bit about it and then by being around those people, you learn more. And then eventually you get up to system admin, admin you know, like yeah. there's like a path there. Yeah. With CG artists, there is no path. It's just you're there and you got to do stuff and you got to know how to do stuff. There might be a point in the production where you're just painting like texture seams, making sure everything like joins up correctly on a reskinned character. And you're doing that ad nauseum from now until the end of time. But if they need you to jump on and sculpt something in ZBrush, you better damn well be able to do that because they're paying you to be there. And you're a CG artist. Like, peop- That's why C- ZBrush Cowboy was always such a buzzword when we were going through school. Because if you only know ZBrush, you're not doing your topology. Right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so every other person in the pipeline is going to get ticked off with you. It's less of a problem now because I feel like it's less of a thing now. But someone was always a ZBrush Cowboy. They could make a great sculpt. And it was useless in production. <laughs> the amount of... And it's like... Go on. Go ahead. I've already forgotten what I was going to say. <laughs> oh, you said the amount of, and it the sounded amount like you of... going somewhere interesting. God and then it. long silences. Okay. Long silences, and no, I've already <laughs> forgotten what I was going to say. But anyway, anyway. Like, learning, ZBrush, learning ZBrush is fun, but that's for multiple... That's for multiple applications. Like you mm. can just do sculpts, output them in STL files at the right size, and then use that as print printer parts, like for 3D printers. Mm. You don't need to know topology at that point because it's more about volume and your internal structure and overhangs and all that sort of stuff, but you need to know something different. That's a different industry, and so you need to know about volume and infill and all that sort of stuff and like layer height and all those things. Yeah. You don't need to know that if you're in a CG production. What you do need to know is how to make your material IDs, how to make 
physically accurate materials, levels of detail in game engines, what's the difference between a material that's headed to a game engine versus headed to a VFX you know, rendering solution. Now, I want to... Sh- That's the stuff you need to know. I want to shift the podcast. I want to shift the podcast slightly. So we've been going like, yep, you need sure. to know, you need to know, you need to know, right? But... Yeah. And this is something we've hinted on before. You don't before, need to know it now. <laughs> and this is something we've hinted on before, but it's like, well, okay, how do you get there? It's like, we've talked about, okay, you you need to know all these things and you, you don't know how much you don't know. Um, and can I say that that's and- the question that came up on this thread from these people they're like well i don't know how i'm going to learn that if i need to know that to get a job already it's the catch 22 yeah. right and so do you want me to tell you what his answer was or do you want to finish that uh what was the answer he says mentorship yes and that's where i was heading with it because cool what what is really awesome so 10 years ago in 2011 you know you could go online you could learn um you know software on youtube and whatever and you might be able to find a couple of courses even um, but you know, most, for the most part, the learning was through your local university or technical college or whatever the hell it was. And if you mm-hmm. were in a city where it was a shit uni or a shit course, or whatever, then you, you're either going to have to, you know, do that shitty course, hustle it online and, and or maybe buy some gnome on DVDs or, you know, move state, move country in order to do it. Now you've got the privilege that's something- of yeah, that's- going online, signing up for a mentorship or signing up for a small class and doing a course taught by a senior artist at a studio that you really want to move, that you, your, your dream job. You can literally go and tailor your education to your dream job. And that is something that is so powerful that I think the people in like our younger end of the generation or the generation below us are really privileged to, or not even our generation, but any individual ever that is looking to move into this. I, I shouldn't really say generational because it's anything that anybody can do. Yeah. So it's... The, the fact of the matter is that at this time in history, there are more of those lead people than there ever were because more people have been doing it in more places for longer. And they are... Beforehand, you could get away with... More accessible. They're more accessible than they have ever because been. of the internet because of the internet you can you can go to the cgma website you can go to uh, cg specter or whatever it's called and you can look up you, you can find people and you can do one-on-one mentorships with uh you know someone that works at blizzard or you can do a small class with them um and you know you can ask you can, pro- you can um, pick Eric that Drobel, person's brain he- for any answers that you want go on I think I think it's pronounced Eric Drobel or Eric Drobel. Um, he's an animator who worked on some of those Looney Tunes shorts. Um, he worked on The Last of Us Part Two. He does mentorships for animators, mm. and because he was done, like he he had enough, and he couldn't um, do as many hours of mentoring as he wanted to. He created a list that's like a Google Doc that has a bunch of people who he's reached out to who are also offering mentorship. So if you're an animator, I'd go on to his Twitter and go grab that well, because then you have a list of people who you can like pay, you know, between 40 and $80 an hour, I think. Okay, well, we'll leave um, a link in the sc- to just subscription. run an eye over your in work. The description. We'll leave a link in the description um, for anyone that is interested my in point is that, for that. My point is that there are people actively turning around and offering this stuff 
And the fact that they're doing that for the price of, you know, the fuel in your car that week, I get that that's not as accessible as YouTube, but it's damn accessible. Yeah, and like, the flip side of that is that, you know, you, you will sign up for a massive student loan if you're in a country that has student loans. Um, <laughs> I just watch mine get indexed and go up every day. Mm. It is so exciting. Oh, yeah. When will I hit the... Tr- <laughs> when will I hit six digits? Woo. Hell yeah. And so, you know, you... you you're going to pay a shit ton of money anyway. And so, you know, of course not everybody has the the privilege to just be like, oh, cool, I'm just going to blow $1,000 right here, right now on this course. Um, You know, that's not something that, yeah, that's not a privilege that everybody has. And, you know, if you are, so I'd say if you are in a position to do that, be it, you know, do do it now or position yourself in 12 months to do that, then... Definitely do it because it is something that will level you up exponentially. And I, I can personally attest that, to it. And that's so something, Chris. yeah, we can actually attest to that as something that's, it's not a silver bullet, but it is. It's the closest thing you'll get something to a silver that, bullet. Yeah, like it's something that I've found never really fails as long as you make sure that the person who you're getting the advice from is somebody positioned to help you with where you're at at the time you need and that's the thing i want to mention is that you've got to really check who you're you know getting your course or your mentorship from because if they're just some schmuck on you on youtube and they've kind of done this marketing material to make them broken out yeah to make them think that they're they're some hot shot then you know you really want to double check that because you can get like for instance kiosil is an animation school I animate as an animation school. These ones are the ones where you pay a thousand dollars and you get like, you know, the lead animator at Blizzard or, you know, in my case, you get the lead animator from Fortiche on Arcane. Actually, like, yeah. Do you want to go into that a little bit? So, it, so that we can sell the idea of how important mentorships are. Talk about your mentorship that you're doing right now. Um, well, <laughs> I set keys and then I get told how to set them better is the summary. <laughs> the, the, the point is... The point is that if you have that ability, I understand that this is like a check your privilege moment. I have paid several thousand dollars at this point for this position to be in this position to learn from this person. However, I do feel like it's worth it. Mm. And that's, I can tell you that the higher you get, the more money you spend, as long as you've done your due diligence and you think it's something that's worthwhile and i like having the school in the middle sometimes because even though there is an administrative overhead it makes it less personal it's less like freelance it's more like a service that you're buying yeah um which i don't know if that's just my introversion or my aversion to risk but i do enjoy the idea that there's like sort of like an admin team you can reach out to yeah and someone you could sue (laughs) <laughs> not that i'd be considering that not that you'd be but considering it, but it's f- like having some sort of like institutions aren't always that bad um sometimes you do need that's, administrators that's as you know painful as they can be sometimes you need someone to keep things checked and balanced uh, and that's where but I you also need to do your research because yeah yeah like if you, if you didn't do your due diligence and you paid a thousand dollars to a school that's actually shady and they run off with your money that's kind of on you because 
I'm sorry, but a lot of the time there are ways to validate that. Yeah. And I guess it's easy for me to say that having not had that happen to me, but as long as you even just do a little bit of research, get testimonials, that sort of thing, you will be in a position where you can cut the chaff. And I think it's worthwhile going to the most, like if you're learning animation, I've always said that when you're learning any anything, it you there are some things you can learn from people who are only two steps beyond you because they remember what it's like where you are now before they learned the thing. And so they know what's relevant to you. So sometimes it can be harder to learn from people who are like astronomically above you in skill level. The point that I would like to make is that you still need to learn from those people though. Otherwise you will only ever be following in those two footsteps behind the people who are just in front of you. You're never going to be taking huge strides and moving faster, which means you have to be uncomfortable. Mm. I am tremendously uncomfortable with the process. I'm just putting it out there. And I don't like, I don't like the fact that I am so in stark contrast in skill level to these people, but I get over that because I can see the result. And that's the thing. The animation I'm getting out of this course, I actually think isn't that great. I think I've done better stuff. But the skills But you that's because learned, I'm changing... It's kind of yeah, like... I'm changing it. They've they've wounded you and now they're cauterizing the wound and it'll, you know, heal over and you'll be able to do something better yeah, next time. Like look, my dad was a drill sergeant in the army for before I was born, but um his thing that he always said about the army was that what what they do, especially to the enlisted men, is that they bring them in, they break down all of their ego and id barriers, so they just like absolutely ground them into the mud, so that they can then build them up with all the traits that they want them to resemble. And I kind of feel like, in a less physical way, that's sort of what's happening to me because I've been having some really tough moments with the feedback I'm getting, just being like. I don't know how to implement that because I still don't really understand what I did wrong. <laughs> yeah. But that's when you just parrot. That's just when you do the thing, you feel it happening, you ask questions, and then eventually you start... And then I've in this course, I've had these moments where I've been like, oh, right. <laughs> that's, why was I doing the other thing? It's dumb. Yeah. Uh, but you don't know that until you get there. And so you do have to eat a bit of crow and you have to get over your ego, especially when you're like, the thing is that when I started the course, I was learning from a guy who I thought was cool because, you know, he'd worked at some of the big studios. And then during the course, Arcane came out and he was the lead animator on it at Fortiche. And all of a sudden I like, I was having a mixture of both like a fan attack and like like I was completely like daunted because I didn't actually understand what I was dealing with and I watched Arcane and I was like okay well even if I don't particularly like everything about me feels like I want to hold my position and be like I will take your advice I will look over it and then I will implement that which makes sense to me because that's that's usually what you should do on youtube right when you get advice from youtube you go okay what's actually valuable here like what actually applies to me and i've gotten so used to that then what i that when i encounter a situation where i actually need to just completely give up on every like i need to be schooled i need to get my ass kicked i need to actually kind of get to a place where i can let my ass get kicked and that took a lot of like mental gymnastics because 
the stuff that I thought I needed to care about, I didn't need to care about, and stuff that I thought was pointless, I needed to care about, and I'm still in this transition process, and it's uncomfortable, but because I had this huge, like, not everybody's going to have this, and so I feel incredibly lucky, but you do need to get to a place where you realize the skill level of the people you're learning from. They need, you need to be able to look at their works and say, and say, this is good and I want that and therefore I will do it your way because you know it's hard to get over yourself and until you have this like huge slap in the face that's like actually this person you know it's like a sword fighting competition and this person just disarms you in three seconds every time you know it's just like okay right I should probably listen I see what I'm dealing with now and that's tremendously uncomfortable, especially if you've been collecting your education from so many disparate sources because you've had to be very careful about what you take on board and apply because mm-hmm. not all of it's valuable. When you actually get into a position where all of it's valuable, actually just letting go of that filter and just letting it flood in and take you over is uncomfortable, but it's worthwhile mm-hmm. Because you're so used, um, <laughs> you're so used to just going, yes, no, 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 yes, yes, no, 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 yes, no. Like you, that's so ingrained in your habit, your learning habit, that when you come into a situation I, where it's just like, sit down, shut up, you, you almost struggle to do that. You, yeah, and it's a humbling thing, but it's it also, like for instance, I'm a little bit disappointed that i'm not going to have as much good quality work as my super high expectations had me wanting coming into this course but i know for a fact now that i'm capable of doing much better work in the future and the work that i get out of it i can polish and it will be okay but because i made so many mistakes initially that it had to be fixed i'm sort of just dealing with the echoes of that in these projects yeah and i mean afterwards you can go on and you can say all right time to do something um where i can really you know, flex the muscles of what I, you know, show what I learned. Like the, the course that you had done was, you know, just breaking you down, rebuilding you back up. And now it's, you know, time to, time to see what you learn from that. Show yeah, it. time to show it. Yeah. And, you know, you might not and, really have anything and I think that's the actual course, but, you know, physically to show, but you can do something afterwards to really show that. And that was my, my situation as well, where I, I was working full time when I was doing my class and I was a really time broke and B I was far further behind in terms of the type of art style that I wanted to learn than I actually thought it, that I actually thought that I was. Yeah. And so it was a massive step back to me just to go, okay, like I'm, I've just got to accept the fact that the majority of the work that I'm going to do is shit. And it, during this course, and accept the fact that my teacher is just going to view me as uh, student number four hundred and eighty nine, um, and and that's that's really Ra- about rather than yeah, rather than the glor- chosen glorious one. art master who has like descended from the heavens to <laughs> deign you with their presence. That, that's exactly like there was a little bit of me where it's like, yeah, I can do this. Yeah, I can, I can, I can fucking smash this class. Yeah, yeah. Oh, back to baby school. Yeah, Here we go. Yeah, and then and then you get in and. You've just got to accept the fact that no, you're probably not going to impress your teacher. They will probably forget about you the second the class ends. Uh, <laughs> but 
I, I came through the other side of that class and I was like, oh damn, like I, I learned a lot here. And I'm actually, I've, I've still got an access to the pre-recorded content um, uh, until April. So I'm actually going back through the class mm. now and redoing it. Uh, and uh, and here's one of those like classic get good moments, uh, I think, where we're like, it's very easy for me to say now. And I think that that's like the rounding out of the process. I think from the position that I'm in, what's really telling is then taking what you learned and did and applying it to something to sort of confirm that you know that and then present something. But because both you and I are heading into that process now, we can't actually say for certain yes or no, whether that's the case. Oh, I can say, that's I can say for certain that some of the stuff that I learned in that class like the if you had a look at the coursework that I did, it was uh, it wasn't some of it was shit, some of it was alright. Um, but from even even the really shitty ones, I learned a buttload from all of those things. And afterwards, I went and did some projects, and I was able to confirm to myself, like, yes, I have actually learned more than what my um, you know the the actual content that I produced shows. It's just because, you know, it was a real breaking down process and, you know, when I was rebuilding up, I just wasn't able to fully display what I could, what I was learning. And so afterwards I went back and I did some, I did some stuff, you know, I did like, I, I repolished my axe that I did in the class. I made like a tankard and I did some other stuff. And now I'm going mm-hmm. back through the course again, going back through the pre-recorded content and like I'm really noticing the difference. Getting a little echo of that humbling. Yeah, I'm yeah. really, I'm really getting, I'm really sort of going. Okay, yeah, I am significantly more improved than where I was when I started that class, significantly. And I don't mm. not not only in terms of my skill as as an artist, but also my workflow is leveled up like exponentially as well. Like I, because prior to that. I was always distracted. Like a lot of my mental bandwidth was taken up with, uh, should I use this program and that program and that program? Or should I use it all in that program? Or should I go this way and this way, this way? And I was just so um and ahhing and bumbling and like, what the hell should I do? But, you know, doing this class is like, mm. all right, sit down, shut up, do this way. You know, you could do your own sort of pipeline, but it was just like the recommended sort of thing that you do. And so I followed that. And, it's and as soon so as you, better. yeah, as soon as you just like, close your eyes and fall on the sword of somebody else's process you learn the most Mm. even if you're not going to keep doing that process and you're going to apply it a little bit differently in your own work when you're doing the course or when you're doing the work you really should just get rid of your ego and do it their way even if you don't think it works as well yeah and you know just learning from someone else's you know learning from someone else's experiences is one of the best things you can do, like, you know, any, anyone can, you know, learn from their own experiences. Um, not everyone does, mm. but the best, like if you can, if you can avoid that experience pre- and preemptively learn from someone else's, then that's going to take you somewhere real fast. Yeah. Yeah. And that's, um, well, faster than what I- you were going previously, but you know, well, yeah, yeah. Like, and I think sort of inertia is more important than speed and that something that i asked my instructor very early on was how do you get like how do you do this faster how do you get better at it to the point where you can produce footage quicker because 
to me that was the stumbling block and his answer kind of surprised me because granted like Fortiche's Fortiche's now a you know top tier studio due to obvious reasons but it wasn't before um previously to that he'd only been in the biggest studios and in the biggest studios they don't care about speed they care about accuracy and that was a disconnect because where I'm looking at getting work here, if I don't move to San Francisco and get a job at Pixar or whatever, like, like that's possible. But if I don't do that, I'm looking at places here and places here don't have the same mentality. They are looking for speed and it creates a different culture with their artists. And so his recommendation for me was just don't worry about speed, get it right. And so, but I need speed as well. And so... What I can learn from him is how to do it right. Mm. Now what I need to do is find a mentor who can help me do it fast. Yeah. So does that yeah, make sense? So are you, have you got an eye out for a mentor after this? That will be my next step. I'm actually going to continue on um, if I can afford it. <laughs> um, that That's neither here nor there at the moment because I'm moving. So I just have to see where my finances end up. I will continue on with him because he does a acting class after this and i'm really interested because i'm doing body mechanics at the moment i'd really like to do the acting class as well um so i'm gonna do that if i can because then we'll get into some real arcane stuff and i'm just having the best time um (laughs) the other thing is though that if again if i can afford it i'm going to be looking at maybe taking on individual mentorships here and there from people whose work i respect and so like you, you can chop and change. Like, even if I continue doing th- these classes next year, I could also look into maybe getting, like, three hours of somebody's time to have a look at my portfolio and be like, here's what you need to change in order to work in an area that my other instructor isn't working in. And then I can start adding that to my advice pool, mm. you know? Mm. And then I've got that review as another... Th- you know what's the what's the phrase like another arrow in my quiver yeah when it comes to job job hunting Mm. Mm. and um so that's the next step for me i'm also going to just like sit down butt in seat once i move and just try to get some more portfolio shots out because i actually feel equipped to do that now yeah um and i don't know it's gonna be interesting sorry (laughs) it's gonna be interesting because I feel like I'm in quite a solid learning mode, but I'm also getting to the point where I do need to start working. Um, and I don't want to distract my thoughts. Cause I feel like if I, if I, I'm in this position where if I take on work that isn't what I'm working on in this learning mode, I won't be as, you know, present in there. And what I have to decide is, is it worth doing at 60%? Or is it worth holding out and getting a job that helps me apply what I'm learning? Mm. And so, what are so you? That, that's sort of where my. What are you leaning towards at that point? I think I might. I think I might keep learning feature level animation as my learning, and I think I might start targeting real time as my work. Yeah. Because the quality bar and the speed are very different and so it's the same sort of skills but not the same job so i might still be like i might still want to spend a few hours at the computer after work at that point um i've had a couple of people reach out to me for various positions that i've interviewed for um 
one of them just straight up cold called me so we'll see where that goes oh so are there, are there others <laughs> the moment, that you haven't I have no told idea. me about? but yeah i've got i've got a couple of i've got a couple of things on the hook it's, it's just um i'm just trying to figure out because i want to stay in a learning mode i don't really want to take on more than i can chew and especially since i'm about to start moving i really i'm having trouble with the fact that a i need money but b i really don't have time <laughs> yeah and look i so, so, this is something we were talking about um uh before the pod is that i'm i'm in a situation where i'm like okay i need money um but but also there's the flip side of that where i i want to maximize the amount of art time to get money so i'm i'm trying to figure out these ways of making money and i've been i've been it's taking up most of my mental bandwidth just thinking of ways that i will sustain myself like i've got I've got options, but I'm over, I'm thinking about them too much to the point where it's like I, I'm putting more thought into that than my art, and it's just like yeah, what's what's the point in you know all of that thought about it if it's taking away from all of my art time? Yet here I am still overthinking I s- it. I saw a video um, recently. I think this week. It was just one of those ones that sort of comes up flying around social media for a while and then disappears. It looked old, so it might have been around before and I just missed it the first time. But it was of a professor giving a university lecture and he holds up a glass filled with water and he holds it out with his arms straight and he says, okay, hands up, who can tell me how heavy this glass of water is? And so a couple of people answer. I think one says like, oh, it's um, this many mils or it's like, oh, it's probably like this many liters and water equates to that. And they're trying to give really smart answers. And he says, it doesn't matter. It depends how long you hold it. Because the longer I hold it out with my arm stretched, it'll get heavier because my arm will get tired. And then he puts the glass on the table. And he's like, the same thing is true for life's problems. The longer you hold on to them, the longer you try to grapple with them without putting it back down on the table, the heavier it will get and the bigger the problem will seem. So you need to make sure to put the glass down occasionally. Mm. That is definitely, I, I think, super relatable to me just being like, mm, what if I what if I worked this many hours? Mm, okay, could I, I could run a deficit of five dollars a week for a year mm, that's potentially I mean, what was the, <laughs> like what was the metaphor we used last last pod it was like um running your car in first year all the way to sydney sorry it's like running your car in first gear all the way to sydney you're always sort of chewing through the problem and it's just running too hot i think i think that's what the current world around us is good at it's good at creating the situation where there are no moments between moments because every moment is required to be planning for the next moment Mm. i saw this um there was this short film that i saw when i was doing my degree and i can't remember what it was called for the life of me if anybody out there knows this one and it's australian so you probably won't have seen it unless you were at some very obscure film festival 
but it was like this black and white film that was just all of those moments like somebody you know sitting on the couch staring at like a spot on the ceiling or there was like a kid playing on the floor but then the toy rolls away but then they're too lazy to get up and get it so they just sort of stay there and play with the grains and the floorboards it's like about these moments between moments those moments where it's like you remember when you're a kid where like you're not really bored because you don't want to be doing anything that you can't be doing but you're just sort of on idle and nothing's really pushing you in one direction or the other and i remember feeling like i don't remember the last time i've had that because i don't have that anymore i always feel guilty about what i should be doing yeah i was actually thinking about that um semi-recently where yeah you, you never get as bored as you do when you were a kid if you get bored and that's i think that's, that's where partially, the creativity comes I think that's from partially because of the internet now i think kids probably get a lot less bored than they did when we were kids in the 2000s, but you know, there's neither here nor there. Depends how much access they have. Yeah, I suppose it would depend on the access, but... Um... I don't know. I just I just remember there being more quiet in between moments. I know, like, days get shorter as you get used to having days. Yeah. But, like, I just remember certain days going for a year. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah. Certain days where it's like, when, <laughs> when does this day end like can, can it be it's friday but it's been friday all week can we like hurry this but up also like if a day is too long now it's because i'm doing something tomorrow that i'm already anxious about yeah yeah <laughs> i don't know like this might be a bit too philosophical for the scope of this podcast but the fact of the matter is i'm i think growth for me comes from even if i have these active problems that I need to be working on, like I foresee needing to have more ongoing income in the next four months. Yeah. Like that, that can stress you out quite a bit, but the fact of the matter is that I, I literally can't do anything about it. I'm waiting to hear back from people. I've done my due diligence. I have a plan. I think I just need to put the glass down. You just need to put the glass down Work on other things. Yeah. I've been, yeah, that, yeah, that's, that's me as well. I, I've got some plans in places and there's literally nothing I can do about it for, you know, some time. So it's like, well, just put the like, glass down. Is there down. anything you can do about it right now? Yeah, no, no. There's no, nothing. stop worrying about it. Yes, just do it. Um, which is so easy to say, especially if you've not got an executive function disorder. But <laughs> it's just like... It feels so freeing and obvious at the time until you then have to implement it. Mm. Yeah. Um, but I'm working on it. I'm working on... Uh, I've, I've gotten really into... like I might have mentioned on the podcast before how I'm a big advocate for Deep Work by Cal Newport. You have? I've not been finding... Yeah, yeah. I, I've not been finding a lot of time to actually have Deep Work because I'm just so constantly distracted with all the stuff that's going on. Wait, you say Deep Work? But... Deep Work by Cal Newport. It's a book Uh, where he like explains the benefits of like full focused attention on a task. Mm. Yeah. And I've been really struggling with that because I haven't been able to find the time to have that deep work. But I think what's actually happening, there's two, 
there's a couple of versions of deep work he says and one of them's like the long uninterrupted streams of time which is the one that i've always done Mm. and then there's one of the other ones which he says he does which is just like i think we talked about this on the podcast which is clipping little moments from the day here and there where you can immediately take your focus from everything else laser focus it on what you're supposed to be doing for five to ten minutes and then go back to what you're doing yeah so you're saying so you're breaking up a bit there so you're saying whatever it is that you happen to be doing that day just taking five to ten minutes to laser focus on that other thing that you know say art for example trying to remember the things you want to be working towards and then just clipping off little parts here and there because the the amount of time I spend worrying about stuff, I could worry for five minutes and then draw for five minutes instead of worrying for 10 minutes. Yeah. Like- and I think there's um, an example with JK Rowling and how she wrote Harry Potter where, you know, she was a, a single mom. I think she had what two kids or something and she was really broke. And, you know, obviously when you're in a situation, not only are you going to be financially broke, but your time broke as well. And so in amongst Mm. her life of doing everything that she was doing in terms of raising her kids, she she, she would just take, you know, if she had five minutes, she would pull out her notebook or she'd sit down at her computer and she'd type, even if it was for like five minutes or a minute or two minutes, if there was like any spare time, she would take that spare time and she would put it towards, uh, you know, writing Harry Potter. And that, that was what eventually got her over the line. And I think that's what I'm trying to transition into because at the moment I can't find the time that I used to find to be productive. And because of that, I feel like I'm not getting a lot done. But if I can achieve that level of just like granular small steps forward, I think I'll get back into that mode. It's just that at the moment I'm not getting the way I used to do it and I'm not used to the way I'm trying to do Mm. it. So I just feel very unproductive. Mm. Um, We talked about this in a previous episode as well, that it's harder for CG artists as well because you can't just sort of like sit down at a notebook with a pen. (laughs) Yeah, that's that's true. There are other other things you have to be thinking about and you have to turn the computer on, you have to boot up the software, like all this sort of stuff. But there are things you can do to streamline that process. Hmm. Um, It's it's so hard, just generally, but I think especially for CG artists, it's so hard to feel like you've accomplished something. And so if you ever figure out a way to make yourself feel like you have actually achieved something while actually achieving something. And it's like, damn, whatever that is, just stick to it. So for me, it's like getting an hour done in the morning. So it's like, no matter what happens, that hour of work has taken me further forward. I was going to say time blocking has helped a lot. And it's not just so much like we've talked a lot about the one more, one hour in the morning. Um, but for me, what I've actually been doing, and this is a Cal Newport thing, his um, time blocking thing that he does, you actually put up the metrics that you're going for. There's just an empty box that you write on the page where you're writing your schedule. And you say metrics and you say, what am I focused on today? And for me, like I'll write hours animated and then put tally marks when I do an hour time block. If there's one tally mark, there's one tally mark. If there's two tally marks, there's two tally marks. And then at the end of the day, when you go to do your shut ra- shutdown routine, you look at the tally marks you've got and that's the metric that you're basing it on. So instead of like, oh, I finished the thing, it's, oh, I animated for three hours. Yeah, right. That's, I haven't, I haven't tried that. That's a good way. It's like, it's like filling up a basket in a way. Um, yeah. Yeah, look, I wouldn't recommend buying the actual journal because it's just, I think, a fellow trying to make some money, but I'll link you to the YouTube video where he explains the way he does it. Mm. Um, 
it's more about like creating flexibility. Like for instance, you make your animation block and then you've committed to a meeting at nine o'clock and then you've committed to this and then you need to do that. And then you've got some open space here. So you'll do that. And then you number those hours and then you set a timer for those hours. And then you do that block, you cross through it like a, you know, a thing on the calendar, but for the day. And then if you don't do the thing that you put the time block in for, there's another column next to it. You cross out the thing and then you just start again from that point. So it's like if you break your schedule, you just go, eh, and then try and get as much done otherwise as possible so it doesn't derail the whole day. Yeah, yeah. And I think, honestly, it doesn't really... It probably doesn't really matter too much what your what your actual method of getting stuff done and feeling like you have actually achieved something so long as you a get stuff done b yeah. feel like you've achieved it well the thing the thing especially with cg art and a lot of other things is that as long as you're doing it you will make progress if you're making a lot of decisions you might have a day where a lot of those decisions are wrong and you won't feel like you've made any progress but in that situation from the skill level you have the things that are wrong are just things that your process of eliminating your way to write. Mm. And if your metric isn't, did I do the thing? If your metric is, did I sit down and work on the problem for as long as I could, then you actually start to feel more success. And that's what I like about tallying. Like I put a, you know, an hour's worth of block of animation and then I'll have like three of those in a row and then I'll go for a walk and then I'll do another block of animation and it doesn't matter if I do everything on my list because I've got this separate tally at the top that tells me how many I did. The expectation isn't that I did all of them and the schedule is flexible. It's just when I go to shut down at the end of the day, I look at that tally and that's what I'm judging my success on. I'm saying I animated for three hours, not three out of four, but three. And then tomorrow, if I get four, I compare those tallies because that's the metric. Yeah, right. So you can... Like you can aim to be, say, maybe a little bit more. You can put you can put your initial goal to be somewhat ambiguous, and then as you kind of go through, you figure out the reality of what it is that you can realistically achieve day by day, and then you can adjust Instead your target stance, to be what yeah. your average actually is to make sure that you stay consistent with your average. So you can see when you're you, if you do it for long enough. Yeah, you can actually keep track of that, and you'll know. Well, today wasn't the best day, but also I had that dentist appointment, so that's fine. Because it's hard to like, it's hard to tell when you're dipping and when you're stagnating. It can be really hard to tell. And that's where data comes in, I think. A lot of people resist it because it feels like they're constrained or they're not creative. But even just logging stuff and then checking back on it to see patterns, really helpful. Yeah, I've been doing that with um, Unrelated, but I've been doing that with budgeting. And it has helped me significantly just to, you know, keep my finances in check by just tracking my money um, and, you know, trying to I mean, keep it. That was the whole cash yeah. thing, right? Like people, people carried cash so they knew how much money they had. When it's on a plastic card, it's just like beep, 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 beep. Dude, beep, it's not beep. even a plastic card. I use PayPass on my phone now. And like, I, I don't, right, I don't yeah. even take my wallet with me. It's just, I have my keys and I have my phone and I just take my phone out of my pocket and I just wave it past the FPOS machine and bang, money has exited yeah, it's, my it's like It's like scanning the um, like the employee card to get into the building instead of spending money. Yeah, yeah. It's just, um, it has changed a lot. Just 
my spending habits have changed a lot by just tracking my money and trying to keep things, you know, in a consistent range that is reasonable. Yeah. But we are we are definitely starting to I was about to say, we're rambling, rambling off into the sunset. This is what normally happens, guys. This is like the raw experience if you're listening to the actual live recording. Look, Chris, I think um, you might change I usually your go in... on this live one, um, when you hear how deep fried you have been for about seventy percent of this pod. Like what do you mean deep fried? Is it like robot voice or is it um, something to do well, with the well, just just like now when you spoke you could have told me before we'd done an hour and a half of podcast. <laughs> well, no, here's the thing. We've got um we've we've been recording the um pre-recorded content. So cool. Um well, how about we just do a bit of housekeeping at the end here and then wrap it up. So the plan as it stands, as you heard a bit of the sausage being made live there is that we will try and be a bit more consistent with these while sort of cutting a few corners on the post-processing. We'll see how that goes. It might be a bit wobbly. Um, I was I was trying out Descript to try and um, sort of like tighten up the podcast without having to put too much actual brain effort into it, but it's very expensive, and I don't know. <laughs> we'll see. We'll see. Um, the the other thing is that we do need to know what people prefer, and we do want, we do want to sort of bring other people into this conversation. So the format's going to be a bit fluid as we move forward. Uh, and likely to change, but we might try and make those changes incrementally. So if we're going to change the time, we'll keep the format. And if we're going to keep the format, we'll change the time. Yes. And uh, just let us just know in the comments, you know, what you, what you think of it, what you prefer. Cause at this point we do want to become a bit more community focused because that's sort of where we feel like we can actually provide value. Cause we can talk until the cows come home about, you know, actual tips, tricks, and things that we've learned, which is fun stuff. But really, there's, it's going to be a lot of repetition of, I tried a thing, it didn't work, I tried a thing. Um, so <laughs> that has been the journey the, so the far. Commitment I tried is a to... thing and it didn't work. That could be the uh, title to the, to, I don't know, the podcast. I tried a thing and I'm still a bum. Wait, no. <laughs> Hey, you've got a house for the moment. Um, the <laughs> uh, so I don't know. Is there any other housekeeping we need uh, for this? I think we'll aim for this sort of time slot for the foreseeable future. I think that it's going to have to change a little bit during maybe end of December, January, as I'm moving, mm. and I'll need to fig- either figure out a space um, when we're visiting family to sort of break away and do one, or. I'll come and see you because I'll be up in your area. True, we could we could, one, uh, uh, we could do asynchronously. Uh, yeah, we could do a face reveal and you know do a recorded podcast on the couch. Um, that sounds weird. Yeah, but, uh, yeah. We I don't know. We could. I will touch your knee very gently. Yeah, I mean, we will figure out um, when we are going to get back to a regular routine. Um, we prefer I, we we discussed it was going to be on a more of a fortnightly basis, so. Um, tentatively, we will put it uh, a fortnight from now. Yeah, I mean, for me, that's still up in the air, but we will, we'll do that off, off air. Yeah. The other thing is that... 
I don't know how to end live things because I feel like I want to tell people a bunch of the behind the scenes stuff, but it's also technically still the show. So I guess just tell us what you want to hear. Yeah, tell us <laughs> what you want to hear. Um, we. Oh, that's that's one other thing. I've lost rights to the music we were using, so unless I buy those again, uh, it's gonna have to be different. There's nothing on this, obviously, because we just wanted to sort of yolo it out into the universe, <laughs> but we may want to consider getting a new track. If you guys have a genre preference, we're actively looking. So reach out and leave us a comment. That might be cool. And uh, Yes. If you're wondering if this is what it's like for the regular recording where we just wumble off into the sunset, run out of things to stay, say, and then also don't stop talking. This is how the recording <laughs> normally goes. It's just that now you know how much work it was to edit those. Yes. It's a lot to snip up. Um, all right. Snip, well, snip. Chris, where can they find you on social media? You can follow me at Animator Chris anywhere on the internet. Uh, you can find For me now. on Twitter at quickly opens Twitter so that I can figure out what my Twitter handle is because it's been so long. You can find me at JSTO underscore art. Yeah. Hey, look at you being all simple with your socials. Oh, it only took, yeah. what, 19 episodes? We're calling this season two, episode one um yeah i suppose this is season two episode one you 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 saw it here um season two episode (laughs) one get on it that just makes it easier for my folder structure that is literally the only reason yeah fair enough (laughs) well thank you everybody for listening and thank you for listening bearing with us if you do want this to be a bit more of a curated experience i'm open to doing a bit of work on these live recordings just um let us know what your preference is whether you like the big long rambly ones or whether you want it to be a bit more concise the thing that i'm picking up on is that people actually don't mind the ramble and they're actually kind of here for the ramble over the advice so i think i suppose so long <laughs> we'll see what happens relatable to people in the muddy middle but anyway yeah thank you for listening uh we will be maybe back in a fortnight hopefully we'll see uh it's going to be a little same bit open-ended bat time, same bat channel it will be somewhat open-ended until chris moves and you know so it'll be at some point in the new year when we will actually have a fixed schedule of when we're uploading kill the live gremlin gene all right how do i stop this stop bye <laughs>